You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. I'm riding on my bike. I'm going round the block. No, I can't cross the road. I'm not allowed to do that. I'm so happy here, cuz I'm just riding on my bike. I'm going round the block. Good morning, and welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group radio show for Monday, the 25th of May 2020. We acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the previous hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and uh, I'm in the makeshift uh, Yarrabug radio studio here in the front room and I also have today, I don't have a Steve, but I do have a surprise cat who will be acting as four cat for most of the recording session today. You want to say a few words, Curtis? No, he's, he's just quietly staring at me. Okay, so on today's show, I'm going to be talking to Sam Hibbins, spokesperson for the Greens for Transport, and we'll be talking about their plans for bicycle superhighways through Melbourne as part of their new Green Deal. I hope I got those words in the right place. Also for news and events, uh, on the thing of... Uh, local infrastructure on this show over the years we have spoken to or have people talking about Sydney Road and the survey that was done by Vic Rhodes up there for what people wanted. Now on May the 17th the Age published uh, an article saying um, the majority of Sydney Road users support the removal of on-street parking to make way for a protected bike or for a cycling lane as part of a long-awaited overhaul. Now, it was interesting that uh, The Age went out and got this for a FOI or Freedom of Information. And I remember thinking about this mid-last year of you're going to have to do something like that to get the information because they were just um, stonewalling people's uh, uh, requests for information on that heavily promoted or advertised survey. Now, Vic Roads released the designs for a four-kilometre stretch of the narrow road from Brunswick to Coburg for a public vote in July last year, but had not shared the findings. Now, yeah, this goes back to that tragic incident with um, the death of rider Alberto Paulin in um, 2015. Now, again, the uh, move is, uh, or the... Uh, proposal is heavily uh, polarised because we've got traders fighting against it and they think it's going to create a decrease in custom and destruction and those of us who've uh, been involved with the issue know that there's a lot of underutilised parking in the area. It's something to uh, keep an eye on. Most people wanted option, I'm just going through, option 1A had 23 support Option 1B had 30% support. Option 2, 21% support. Option 3 was 53% support. Option 4, 31% support. Now, the one with the most option, or support, I should say, option 3, it was a move of all parking along Sydney Road to facilitate extended footpaths for increased uh, trading space for trees and placemakers and a shared lane for all traffic and trams at all time, and removal of all parking along uh, 
Sydney Road to facilitate a protected bike lane. So going down, uh, that going down in uh, people with fairly conservative natures who drive cars or and or have uh, businesses on Sydney Road. Not all of you, but most of you tend to believe that that's not doable. When in other places of the world, this can happen. It can be done. Yeah, so good to see that the information's out there, but we need a trial. So when is the trial going to occur? Keep putting pressure on the state government, Vic Roads and um, Moreland Council. Also in news and events, uh, coronavirus is a sliding door moment and this is up in the, the conversation. Following on from um, interviews I've done on the last two shows with uh, Dr Ben Beck and Megan Sharkey about space for health, numbers of people cycling or walking in public spaces during COVID-19 has skyrocketed you now from cities to Bogota to Berlin and Vancouver have expanded bike lanes and public paths to accommodate the extra uh, cycling traffic in Australia. New South Wales government is encouraging uh, councils to follow suit in Victoria. So far, Melbourne and Yarra have, or councils have plans or and or um, motions to support that for about uh, to help people with mandatory social distancing, but yet nothing yet from the state government. I would like to say a cue surprise, but it's just a bit of an unfortunate thing that our state government in Victoria tends again to stonewall or ignore cycling initiatives when there's stuff happening all over the place. Victoria, we get um, aspirational sort of media releases and the like, which yeah. Uh, out to nothing. What was another interesting thing that came out? 85% of public transport users will have to switch to cycling, walking or keep working from home to avoid massive, um, major traffic jams to ensure safe distancing on public transport as COVID-19 restrictions ease. Now this is from uh, the Institute of Sensible Transport. Elliot's been on the show several times over the years. Uh, this is some findings they put out. And uh, we're going to have to have things like staggered travel times and the like. Uh, quote, never before in Australia's history has there been a requirement for peak hour public transport to shed seven out of eight passengers. Have a think about that. If you think about um, uh, how people sit on public transport during peak hour times, we can't do that. If we're going to um, successfully smooth the curve and you know avoid a second wave of this um, epidemic, and that was a quote from Dr. Elliot Fishman. Dr. Fishman warned that it was difficult to overstate the scale of the challenge to, a safe, to achieve safe public transport. Freeing up public transport for those who must use it makes it safer for frontline work, health workers and others without an alternative option. That is something, again, I brought up two interviews uh, previously. It's things like transport poverty. Transport poverty, when you simply can't afford the best option and you don't have new um, nearby public transport and, you know, the use of you know, getting around is shooted back to you by using cars or private vehicles or taxis or Ubers as people's income shrink or become a lot more, you know, um, insecure, expecting people to, you know, keep providing for maintaining cars and the like is just, no, nah, we... <laughs> It's, it's, it's too much of an impost upon the, the household budget, so we've got to think of other more nuanced and uh, 
creative ways to get around it and the bicycle is one of them. Now up next I'm going to be talking to Sam Hibbins and the Greens in Victoria have a solution, they have a plan and uh, we're going to be discussing that alongside cycling infrastructure improvements. These are weird days. Many of my days are weird days, actually, but these are weirder than most. It can be a bit of a seismic shock to wake to the news of daily tolls here and in other countries, to spend week after week separated from friends and family, hour on hour, of many of us just within our own homes. But through all of this, we are also seeing so much to inspire hope. People are creating incredible networks of mutual aid, Gardens are thriving from all that lockdown attention. We are finding new ways to slow, connect and reflect. Artists are creating, kids are learning differently and activists are imagining and collaborating on new futures beyond this time. And 3CR is continuing to broadcast throughout this coronavirus remotely. Who knows how long this will have us all locked down, but don't let it get you down. Tune in and love up your community. Stay connected. Work for what has to be a better future ahead. Thanks, CR, for staying steady on the waves. My name's Sam Gibbons. I am the Victorian Greens spokesperson for transport. And we're talking to Sam today about uh, the Greens calling for a safe bicycle network in Melbourne. And it's something we've been talking about on the show for a couple of episodes about um, the need for um, space and basically uh, people not using PT or not being able to use PT mm. and um, what, we, what we can do in this time. Yeah, well, this is all part of our uh, deal, Gloria, which is uh, the Green Plan for an Economic Recovery for Victoria. Uh, and the creation of a safe bike network, um, which would be effectively the building of hundreds of kilometres of safe uh, bike lanes and paths uh, across Melbourne. Um, and this would uh, have the benefits of, you know, not only creating space for cyclists now, uh, which is needed more than ever, uh, given um, the looming congestion crisis that uh, we may face, uh, should we get people returning to work, but obviously not using public transport and using cars instead. Um, not only would it get the benefits, just the general benefits of uh, having better cycling infrastructure, of more people cycling, the safety, um, the reduction in carbon emissions and pollution and the improvements of people's health, uh, but this is a really important job creation um, project as well. Uh, we know that cycling projects uh, create more jobs uh, than standalone road projects. Uh, that's because they're more labour intensive. They require a lot more uh, engineering and design uh, work. Um, so they're an ideal investment for any government um, that's looking to create jobs uh, in a time of um, you know, economic um, crisis. Yeah, and especially you're looking at uh, what really is interesting for the inner, inner suburbs and also for anyone who wants to travel through um, Melbourne area, the 20-kilometre bicycle superhighway from Coburg to um, mm. Elstonwick. Can you give us a bit more detail about that? Yeah. Well, the centrepiece of our uh, bike network in Melbourne would be a bike superhighway um, travelling from St Kilda Road uh, through the city to Sydney Road. And we'd like to see this fast-tracked with temporary infrastructure to give that you know, immediate space to um, the, the, the increased number of people who are going to be cycling to work. Um, you know, this route is 
Um, in my, my neck of the woods, down in the Crown electorate, it, it would be formed part of the St Kilda Road bike lane. Uh, the government has um, said they're not going to do that until 2025. Uh, it would also incorporate the Sydney Road uh, bike lane, uh, which my colleague uh, Tim Reid, the member for Brunswick, has been campaigning for. We know recently um, from the Vic Road survey that separated bike lanes is the, is the preferred option for uh, changes to Sydney Road, mm-hmm. uh, but we haven't seen any commitment from the government there. Um, so this would really fast-track that. I could see this coming up in, in, in months, not having to wait years, uh, and really create that immediate space for, for cyclists um, who are going to be you know, returning to work. Yeah, well, uh, taking into consideration that uh, Glen Ira were doing the Safe Cycling Corridor and that could connect on to the engineering trial, which was mm-hmm. part of... Um, what, when you know, when they did the elevated rail stuff, and you could have like a, you know, these safe, protected things all the way down long, or you know, technically Yarraman Station, and it's something that's that, absolutely. yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. And I think where you'd look, where you'd look to, um, to, to implement these projects and the, the hundreds of kilometres of bike lanes and paths, um, you'd be looking at local councils and their plans. But I'm sure you know a lot of councils have got. Uh, bike plans and integrated transport plans. You know, Glenira has been pushing for the, the Inkerman Road uh, uh, safe path. We've got Melbourne City Council who are looking to put in, you know, tens of kilometres of, of safe bike paths. We've got uh, Vic Rose's um, uh, strategic cycling corridors, which have been, you know, uh, on the, with lines on maps for very many years, but very little actually implemented. So there's so much uh, already existing planning that's gone into where these bike paths and bike lanes could go. Um, uh, that's where I think the, that's where you'd look to get the investment uh, as soon as possible. Yeah, and this hasn't had come unprecedented. Did it go back about 11, 12 years ago? I'm thinking of the um, part of the economic stimulus, and you've brought the, you actually put this into your media release about the national bike paths thing. I was actually involved with that in a in a previous life. Now that actually came apart as um, the right economic stimulus. Now the the you know, the federal government notoriously doesn't have anything to do with cycling infrastructure, and the heavy lifting comes back to state or I should say uh, council. But this is something where the federal government, who have been uh, quite free with uh, coming out with you know economic stimuluses or things to do with um, councils, could step in here. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, part of that that Rudd um, economic stimulus package um, that was the Greens negotiated to help us during the GFC, we actually negotiated to get that um, cycling infrastructure funding in there. Um, and we recognised because it's such a good it's such good projects for job creation. And it also leaves that both that um, the jobs and the environmental and the livability uh, legacies there, which I think you should be looking for. Governments should be looking for mm. when they're looking to invest in these projects. So yeah, certainly the federal government should step up, uh, and they should be working very closely with councils um, to implement these projects. Um, yeah, we've seen some announcements um, today that they're yes. funding council projects, and I'd, certainly I'd be encouraging councils. Uh, to put their bike projects front and centre for that funding. Yeah, I saw that come out today. I haven't gone through the detail of that media release, but I think that's the second one from the feds for um, uh, to do with councils. I think and mm. to do with COVID nineteen. So there is opportunities there, and I think the state government should be working across agencies to get this stuff built because overseas there is massive movement in cities mm. to get walking and cycling. So we have safe working spaces or yeah, travelling spaces to people use during this uh, pandemic. The Victorian government aren't doing anything. 
3CR remains closed to all broadcasters and guests until further notice. The good news is that so many of our programs are producing new shows each week from home. From Lost in Signs to Living Free. Done by Law to Defence of Government Schools. Concrete Gang to Chronically Chilled. Mafalda to Music Matters. We're here with compelling content and rousing radio. Listen live or listen later. Tune in, stay safe and keep listening. 3CR Community Radio, here to stay. That's right. I mean, this is happening right around the world, um, where governments are stepping in and putting in pop-up bike lanes, and then even looking at the longer-term infrastructure to make sure that cities don't return to congested, polluted cities, um, but actually taking this time when these car cars on the road to put in that bike infrastructure. Um, it's you know, you just think of London, Paris, Auckland, and even in Sydney, the New South Wales government. They've got a 15 million dollar program. Um, where their um, which council can access this money to put in pop-up bike lanes, and they've recently announced some in Sydney. Um, yet we just haven't seen anything from the Victorian government. No funding, uh, no announcements. Uh, I put this to the uh, tra- Transport Infrastructure Minister um, just the other day, actually, in the Parliament's Public Accounts and Estimates hearings, um, and she indicated that uh, they were in discussions uh, with some councils in regarding this. So that's a start, but again, Victoria, Victoria needs to get ahead of the curve because at the moment we're lagging. We've got to move on this because uh, I think, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, but councils um, may have trouble putting certain things in because, you know, it's Vic Roads legislation that oh, covers yeah. the road. And so it's the Road Management Act, which is a bit of a problem. And the, and the state government can move on now. I think from the UK perspective, the government there has given councils there the, the power to put in temporary bike lanes. So they've gone, gone ahead with it yeah. from um, a national level. So on a state level, Victoria has a great opportunity here. Mm. Well, this is the thing. All, all this pop-up bike lanes or wider footpaths, uh, it does need approval of this road. Um, so this is where uh, the state government really needs to be proactive. Um, in making sure that councils that want to put in pop-up bike, bike lanes are going to get the approval, and they also need to be providing some funding to allow them to do that. It can't be just a passive uh, exercise from the state government. It really needs to be proactive. So state government kind of looking at removing barriers or making these uh, uh, you know, like temporary bike lanes and or things for people walking, um, trying to ease the the barriers to um, local councils to put these in. Mm, yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, it's incredibly frustrating. I think we've seen daily, I see daily headlines of various cities doing really innovative uh, things to create cycleways and to create more space for, for um, cyclists and pedestrians. Um, but it really has been deafening silence from the state government. Uh, they need to, They need to act. Goongaroo Environment Centre is a grassroots community organisation campaigning for East Gippsland's precious forests. For over 15 years we've been using direct action, citizen science and community engagement to stop the continued logging of precious native forests and threatened species habitat. After this summer's terrible bushfires there's an even greater urgency to protect what remains and the Victorian government haven't ruled out plans to log the small fragments of unburnt forests 
and so-called salvage log in burnt areas. It's now so important that forests and wildlife are protected so they can recover. Head to gecko.org.au to keep updated with the latest news and to get involved. Gecko acknowledges the logging is happening on the stolen lands of the Gunnakurnai and Bidwell and Monaro people and that sovereignty was never ceded. A 3CR supporter. Yeah, so uh, with this uh, Green New Deal, can you give us a little bit more information while you're, you're waiting on doing another media release on that? So, look, the Green New Deal is really our plan, uh, the Greens' plan for economic recovery for Victoria. Um, as part of that, we've announced um, part of it is our Safe Bike Network, which will be about job creation, um, but also long-term mates making Melbourne a much more livable city. Uh, but there's other elements as well. Um, improving our environment um, and restoring our bushfire uh, affected regions. Uh, we think that's a really good job creation opportunity and a great environmental restoration opportunity as well. Uh, and as well as the a big build of public housing, uh, which oh. will again not only create jobs um, but uh, reduce homelessness and lower the public housing, housing waiting list. Um, and so they're the three things that we've uh, announced so far uh, with, with more to come. It's something that's desperately needed is more public housing. And another thing about like doing the cycling, looking at cycling networks, there's something I've brought up with two previous interviews, one with Dr. Ben Beck and the other one with Megan Sharkey, is with COVID-19 and its impacts is the rise of transport poverty, where people are forced into having multiple cars to get around. And it's simply, you've simply got to think of different and more... Um, connected ways of getting around like cycling is part of this it isn't the solution it's part of a solution and yeah, yeah and I'd like to see like, some more uh, plans come up for bicycle superhighways across Melbourne because they are desperately needed yeah absolutely I mean look I think what we're going to see is really an effective uh, reduction in capacity in public transport the alternative that means people are either going to have to walk from home uh, use work from home use the car or again, from uh, alternative means like cycling. So cycling is definitely, you know, and it really is the missing piece in the puzzle into Melbourne's transport network. We really do need that <coughs> joined up, connected, safe bicycle uh, network uh, to enable people to get around. And, and I think we also need here in Melbourne and Victoria, you know, a, a really strong mode share target. Mm. We don't actually have in any of the transport plans or in any of the government statements, we don't actually have a target for how many people we'd actually like to see uh, riding to work or walking to work or catching public transport for any matter. And I certainly think that needs to be part of any government planning with transport. We actually have a target for actually how many people or what percentage of people we want to see cycling to work. Well, we have benchmarks. Instead of like having uh, coming out with a statement saying, well, we like active transport, you actually have a benchmark and you stick to it and you, mm. you view it. And this is what hasn't happened. I mean. Yeah, you know, we've had several decades of people writing about what can happen in Melbourne to do with walking, cycling, PT. And we've got successive state governments who kind of pick up tiny percentages of it and don't move on it. And they can do a lot. And this is a time right now when uh, there's a great opportunity, uh, not only to get people on their bikes, but uh, preventative health, active transport. Right. And this is where state governments can actually do a lot of good. Well, I've got, I've got absolutely no doubt that um, some serious investment in a safe bike network for Melbourne would um, beat any other transport infrastructure project hands down on cost-benefit analysis. And that's just because the health benefits alone 
uh, would be incredibly beneficial to the wider community. Um, and if you look at some of the sizable investments we've got in other transport projects across the state, you know, the $15 billion Northeast Link, $6 billion for the Westgate Tunnel, uh, we've had around, I think, $8 billion for level crossing removals. Just a percentage of that, uh, you know, a fraction of that, that would actually go to creating a safe bike network. Uh, you'd get so much more benefit. So um, this is really now an opportunity now for governments to uh, use their... You know, they've been quite willing. We've seen this government quite willing to invest in transport infrastructure. But for, for cycling, it's been very piecemeal, very small and very piecemeal. This mm. is their chance now to have some serious dollars uh, into it and really leave a legacy, a legacy for our, our city, which would be a joined-up, interconnected, safe bike network across the whole city. Cycling safe for everyone. How can people get involved with um, supporting, um, you know, either the Green New Deal or up the superhighway initiatives? Um, Get onto our, uh, if you Google Victoria Green, Victorian Greens Green New, uh, you'll see you'll be able to sign up to the campaign there. Um, and you'll also be able to share, um, if you just go to my uh, Facebook page, uh, share, the, share the map and share the route. Um, we really need to build public pressure for this. Uh, and I think, I think this, is, this is the time now. And a, you know, I'm sure, you know, cycling advocates, um, uh, you know, we've been advocating for a, for a very long time uh, mm. for this sort of investment. I think now the time is to really redouble our efforts uh, and really make sure, let the government know that uh, during this time it can't get away with doing nothing. Um, it needs to put cycling front and centre of both its transport infrastructure plan uh, and its job creation plans. Victoria Legal Service has launched a free information and advice phone service for people who have been stopped, questioned, fined or charged for breaching the new COVID-19 restrictions. Have you been fined or charged under the new laws or stopped and questioned by police for being outside? Call 0434 136 Weekdays between 9am and 5pm. That's 0434 136 501. Or head to fitzroy-legal.org.au for more information. You can also report incidents at covidpolicing.org.au. Fitzroy Legal Service is a 3CR supporter. Exhibiting 300 artworks by 286 Indigenous artists currently in or recently released from prison in Victoria, Confined 11 serves as a strong visual metaphor for the over-representation of First Nations Australians in the criminal justice system. This year, The Torch presents the annual Confined exhibition online at thetorch.org.au. All artworks are for sale and 100% of the sale price goes directly to the artist. Help us paint a brighter future. Head to thetorch.org.au from May the 14th to explore Confined 11. A 3CR supporter. It could be anything of everything But i most of all be This week's Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio Program should be podcast soon on 3cr.org.au forward slash podcasts or go to yarrabug.org forward slash radio. 
if you want to find additional details of what we discussed today. These podcasts are produced at Melbourne's activist radio station 3CR. Presenters are all volunteers and 3CR's existence depends upon the financial support of our listeners. Go to 3cr.org.au, click on the support tab and select either donate, subscribe, shop or fundraisers. Your subscription or donation keeps 3CR on air. Bicycle and ride Neat the sunny skies over along the ocean side. 3CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Vacro Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics, and sells bikes to the local community. To find out more, Google Vacro or drop into the underground car park. Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.